welcome back to the Homestyle MMA Podcast. This is Sean Van Buren here for episode 8. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. The podcast website is hosted on Podbean at the Homestyle MMA Podcast.podbean.com. You can go there for additional information and see a list of all of the available listening locations for the podcast. Today we're talking about UFC 277 Pena versus Nunez 2. We have the women's bantamweight title fight rematch to end the night with the interim flyweight title fight between Brandon Moreno and Kaikara France preceding that. I actually think that the main card is stacked top to bottom, with each fight likely producing a title contender in the very near future. Early prelims are going to start at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN+, prelims at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+, and the main card wraps it up at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time as a pay-per-view event. Since this card does have 13 fights... I'm going to keep it shorter on the early prelims and prelim fights. That way we can make sure we can touch on anything that we want to touch on for the main event and the main card fights. I want to make sure this episode isn't exceptionally long, and that's the best way that we can handle that. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the early prelims. Our first early prelim fight is Orion Koski versus Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond, probably one of the better f- names you will ever find in MMA. He trains out of City Kickboxing down in New Zealand, where current middleweight champion Israel Adesanya fights, as well as Kaikara France, who is fighting later on this card. Blood Diamond does have a 5-inch reach advantage. Orion is 1-1 one one in the UFC, counting his Dana White Contender Series appearance, and Blood Diamond is 0-1 with his loss by submission. Let's be honest here. Blood Diamond is an outstanding kickboxer. He fights out of that elite kickboxing camp with City Kickboxing down in New Zealand, but he is new to MMA. He has weaknesses on the ground, and his only UFC fight was a submission loss. Like I said, his weakness is on the ground, and Orion will go for takedowns. Blood Diamond has to keep this fight on the feet to win, and I do like him here as an underdog. He needs his first UFC win, and he was wrestled and dominated in his first fight. I think he may have been rushed into the UFC with only a few professional MMA fights on his record, and he knows that he has to win in order to stay on the roster. We're going with Blood Diamond here with kind of the mindset that a hungry dog runs faster. He knows he has to win to stay in the UFC. I think if he gets dominated again on the ground, he might find himself off of the UFC roster and back in the smaller MMA circuits to continue working on rounding out his MMA game. I'm going with Blood Diamond, but understand that this is likely not the safe pick. I'm doing it more because I'd like to see him stick around, and I'd like to see that he has improved as an MMA fighter. Orion mixes in his wrestling with his striking well, so he has an easier path to victory here. I think if Blood Diamond gets the win, he has to do it via a first-round finish, likely by a knockout. So let's cheer for some excitement right away to start the night. Our next early prelim fight is Nikolai Nagumarianu versus Ihor Potieria. Poteria has a 3-inch height advantage, but Nikolai has a 3-inch reach advantage. Nikolai has 3 straight UFC wins and is 3-1 in the UFC. Poteria is coming off a first-round knockout victory on Dana White Contender Series, but if you look at his 4 previous fights outside of the UFC, Poteria's opponents are 0-5. Nikolai has faced far more superior competition simply by fighting someone who has a win in his last 4 fights, so we are going with Nikolai as a small underdog here, surprisingly. In his last few fights, Nikolai has really utilized kicks very well, and I hope he continues that path in this one. Next up is our first female fight of the night. We have Jocelyn Edwards versus Ji Yan Kim. 
There's no significant size differences here. Jocelyn is 2-2 two two in the UFC with Ji Young Kim at 1-3 with three straight UFC losses. She probably has to win in order to stay on the roster, and she also lost on Ultimate Fighter to Antonia Shevchenko. Jocelyn throws a ton of strikes and stopped 10 out of 11 takedowns in her last fight, which bodes really well against jiu-jitsu specialist Ji Young Kim. Make no mistake though, Kim can throw a lot of strikes as well. Both of these women can put high volume out with their striking. So I think that we will see probably over 100 strikes landed for each woman in this fight that will go the distance. Ji Young Kim has to win to stay in the UFC, but unfortunately I think Jocelyn Edwards gets the win here by decision. Edwards is 3-1 by submission as well, so I think she will be able to hold her own against Kim if it does go to the mats. We end the early prelims with one of the widest odds fights on this card, with Adam Fugit versus Michael Morales. Morales has a 4-inch reach advantage, and Adam Fugit is making his UFC debut. Fugit's previous four opponents are 10-10. While he is a well-rounded fighter who is comfortable fighting on the feet or on the ground, this is just simply a massive step up in competition against the undefeated 13-0 Michael Morales with 10 knockout victories. Morales is 2-0 in the UFC, counting his Dana White Contender Series win, and I think the UFC gave Adam a very hard UFC debut matchup. Michael Morales is a great striker who can also wrestle pretty well, so I think he wins this fight and is rightfully the heavy favorite here. Obviously, with the wide odds, if you can get Michael Morales by knockout, that's probably going to be your better value bet. And with that, let's take a look at the prelims. kick off the prelims with Drakkar Close versus Rafa Garcia, and I think the fights really get intriguing from here on out for the rest of the night. There's no significant size difference between these two fighters, and Drakkar Close is 4-2 in his last six UFC appearances, with Garcia being 2-2, two two, but on that two-fight win streak, so he has turned things around. This is a kickboxing Close versus wrestling Garcia matchup. Drakkar Close has also faced a lot of strikers in the UFC, which plays to his strength, but he did get controlled and finished when facing a strong wrestler in the past with Benil Daryush. Rafa Garcia is going to go for takedowns. He averages 4.1 takedowns per fight. In his two losses a few fights ago, Garcia got outstruck. In his wins, he grappled his opponents like crazy. If the fight stays standing, close wins. If Garcia can work his wrestling, then he will win. This is basically who can impose their strength on the other fighter. Jakar Close has faced stronger competition in the UFC. But I think Garcia is one of his hardest matchups from a well-rounded fighter standpoint. Garcia is similar to a Daryush from a stylistic standpoint, very efficiently mixing in his wrestling with his striking. So because of that, we are going with the 14-2 record underdog, Rafa Garcia, whose only two losses in his pro career came in his first two UFC fights. Next fight has some seriously big men in it with Dontail Mays versus Hamdi Abdelwalahab. Mays is a massive heavyweight. He's got a 4-inch height advantage and 8-inch reach advantage at 6'6". Six six. Hamdi is 5-0, all by knockout, but this is a super hard UFC debut for Hamdi. I don't think this fight has a chance of going the distance at all. I don't think Hamdi can threaten Mays on the ground, even though Mays is 1-2 by submission. So look for Mays to maybe go for the takedown instead and end up on top. In his last fight, Dontel Mays was 6-8 on takedowns with over 11 minutes of ground control time. Mays is just a massive man. If he gets on top of you, it's going to be very hard to get out from underneath him. Hamdi's opponents were 1-9 prior to his UFC debut, 
And the smart pick here is to go with the massive Duntail Maze, and that's what we're going to do. Take him to win within the distance if you want a little bit more juice on this one. Next up, we have Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. There's no significant size difference here. Dober is 4-2 in his last six UFC fights, and Alves is 2-1 counting his Dana White Contender Series appearance. At 8-6 by submission for Alves and 5-4 and respectively for Dober, I'm not sure if either guy really wants this fight to go to the ground. They both can get submissions or be submitted, so it's not really a strength or weakness for either one of them. But they can also both get knockouts or be knocked out. Both fighters can finish you, and they both have been finished. It's an interesting matchup. Neither guy can do much when on the bottom on the ground, so maybe whoever gets the takedown will win the fight with top control. I'm going with Drew Dober because of his experience, but I would also go for this fight to just not go the distance, because like I said, both guys are finishing fighters, but they also can be finished and have been in the past. So I would definitely take a look at Drew Dober straight up, but also going Drew Dober by knockout if you want a little bit more juice on this one. We end the prelim fights with Alex Morono versus Matthew Semmelsberger. Semmelsberger is a 2-inch height and 3-inch reach advantages. Alex Morono has been training for a fight for a very long time after having the matchups against Donald Cerrone get canceled twice. Morono's on a 3-fight win streak and typically starts fast. He generally prefers for the fight to stay standing, but so does Matthew Semmelsberger. This could be actually a pretty exciting fight because both fighters are high-volume strikers. This one could get very bloody. Both of these guys could really lay into each other with the striking, and it could definitely go the distance. Matthew Semmelsberger hasn't done a great job in the past stopping takedowns, and Alex Moreno could mix that in here as well because he is a very well-rounded MMA fighter. Moreno has been training for a fight for a very long time, and because of that, I think he can get it done here as an underdog, likely by decision. That wraps up our prelims. Let's go ahead and take a look at the main card. Time for the absolutely loaded main card, starting off with Magomed Ankalaev versus Anthony Smith. I think this is a fantastic fight. I am very excited for it. Magomed Ankalaev has a lot of momentum behind him, and Anthony Smith is just a staple of the light heavyweight division, constantly fighting with the elite of the division. There's no significant size difference between these two fighters, and the odds makers love Ankalaev in this fight. I actually think this could be the fight of the night to start the pay-per-view, because Anthony Smith is a tough guy to put away. Ankalaev has won eight in a row after losing his UFC debut back in 2018 against Paul Craig. He has been a fairly active fighter in the UFC, and he has started to collect some nice names on his resume. He won a five-round main event against Thiago Santos in his last time out, and Ankalaev is just not afraid to stand a strike against anyone in the division. With his last three wins coming against some of the elite strikers of the light heavyweight division with Santos, Volkan Uzdemir, and Nikita Krylov. Anthony Smith, he's been in the UFC since 2016 and he has fought for the title against John Jones. The guy is very credentialed. And call me crazy, but this fight should be closer in the odds. Right now, Ankalaev is a pretty large favorite over Anthony Smith. And I think Anthony Smith can get it done here. There's too much value on Smith and we are going to go with the underdog. Anthony Smith. I'm begging you, please wrestle. He's already said in interviews this week that he thinks he can strike with Magomed Ankalaev. And while I think he might be able to, I think he can definitely wrestle with Magomed Ankalaev. So please use your wrestling. He has great jujitsu, and I would love to see Ankalaev's ground game really get tested against someone like Anthony Smith, who's 14-4 by submission. 
Smith, I think, should not stand and strike with Ankalaev for long. I think it's a very high-risk game that he will be playing. Anthony Smith is an intelligent fighter. He needs to fight smart and not emotionally to prove a point in order to get this fight to the ground for a chance to win. Anthony Smith needs to wrestle from round one to take some power from Ankalaev's punches by making him work hard to get to his feet. If he doesn't do that, I can see Ankalaev putting Anthony Smith to sleep with a knockout. As hard as it is for me to say because I do love Anthony Smith. But let's go big game hunting with Anthony Smith as one of the largest underdogs on the card. Our next main card fight takes us down to Alejandre Pantoja versus Alex Perez. Similar in size, Pantoja is 3-1 in his last four, and Perez is 3-1, coming off of a loss in the title fight against Davison Figueiredo. Both guys are very elite fighters and are very well-rounded, but Alexandre Pantoja has never been finished as a pro. He's coming off a submission victory, and Alex Perez is 7-4 by submission. I think that is the path to victory here for Alexandre Pantoja, and I think he could actually get it done in round one. He's a smart fighter. He knows if he gets Alex Perez to the mats that he can get a submission. I think Pantoja will attack early right away with some takedowns, try to get this fight to the mat, and he will go for the submission. Alex Perez also likes to wrestle and get the fight to the ground. And that's right where Pantoja wants this fight to be. Alex Perez's takedowns usually help him win fights, but I actually think that will work against him here against such an exceptional jiu-jitsu fighter in Pantoja. Let's get back with the favorites here and take Alexandria Pantoja to win. Sprinkle by submission if you want longer odds, and Pantoja should be in the conversation for a title shot after this one. It'll be really interesting to see if one of these two fighters get a finish. What might happen with Brandon Moreto and Kaikara France down the road? Possibly the loser of that of that fight, fighting the winner of this one. Back up to the big boys, we have Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich is a 5-inch reach advantage, and I'm all in on this guy. I've watched him fight his last several fights. I've been impressed every time. He's got great punching power, and I feel like this guy can be legitimate in the heavyweight division. Everyone loves the Black Beast Derek Lewis. I'm not saying I don't, but I think Sergey Pavlovich is going to make a statement in this fight. Neither guy's going to wrestle. They just don't wrestle. It's not something that they have in their wheelhouse. And Pavlovich is on a three-fight knockout win streak. Derek Lewis is 3-2 and two in his last five fights, all by knockout, and 1-2 and two in his last three specifically. This fight will end by knockout one way or the other. I think the reach of Pavlovich will be a problem for Derek Lewis because he knows how to use it. He keeps guys away from him with that jab, look for Pavlovich to use that jab early, and then beat up the body of Lewis if Lewis is able to work his way inside. We've seen this work in the past. Derek Lewis does not love body shots, so I think Pavlovich will keep him at a distance, and then when it does get in tight, he's going to start ripping to the body of Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis can start off slow at times, and I think Sergei Pavlovich is going to attack right away with pressure and actually get a first-round knockout win against the UFC knockout record holder in Derek Lewis. This fight and win for Sergei Pavlovich could possibly switch him in the rankings with Derek Lewis as well, which would put him that much closer to a title shot in the future. I think Pavlovich announces himself to the heavyweight division as a very real title contender with this fight. Let's go ahead and dive into our co-main and main events. Co-main event is for the UFC interim flyweight title fight between Brandon Moreno versus Kaikara France. Both of these fighters are really loved by the MMA community, and I think that they are both very good in this division. 
Moreno is three inches taller with a one inch reach advantage. And this is just a great fight. I mean, I think we're all really excited to watch these two guys fight. They've fought once in the past before. Both guys have since continued to develop their games, and this should just be a great fight for fans to watch. After going through a gauntlet with current champion Divison Figueiredo, Brandon Moreno faces Kaikara France, who is on a three-fight win streak. I think this will be similar to the Volkanovski versus Max Holloway history. The two best guys just kept fighting each other with Brandon Moreno versus Figueiredo. And ultimately, they kept fighting each other. They both kept getting better. And they separated themselves from the rest of the division. Kaikara France is 3-3 three three by submission. And Moreno is 11-0 by submission. Not to mention, Brandon Moreno has really developed his striking and is very fast as a striker. Now, Kaikara France has excellent speed and excellent power standing on the feet. But Brandon Moreno, I think, has shrunk that gap since their first fight. And I think Brandon Moreno knows that his easiest path to victory is to get this fight to the ground so that he can go for submission. He does a great job mixing in his striking with his takedown attempts. It's very fluid. I like Kaikara France. Like I said, I think he's a nice guy. I think he is a great fighter. He has great striking power, fast speed. But I think Moreno has really caught up to him on the feet. And he'll be able to get this fight to the mats with his takedowns. I'm taking Brandon Moreno to win and sprinkle in a little bit by submission if you want longer odds. And I think he actually could get it done early by ending the fight in round two. This is just going to be a great fight. It's very exciting for UFC fans. The winner obviously faces Divas and Figueiredo. And I think we'll end up seeing Figueiredo versus Moreno four. Last up, we have Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes 2 in the women's bantamweight title fight rematch. Juliana Pena shocked the world when she beat Amanda Nunes the first time out in a very dominant fashion. She got the finish win. It was incredibly impressive. After coaching on the last season of The Ultimate Fighter, both women have spent a lot of time around each other, and I think they're ready to settle their frustrations in the octagon. There's no significant size difference here. I think Amanda is one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, regardless of gender. To me, she is definitely in the conversation for maybe the best of all time. When you take a look at who she has fought and beat, it is the elite of women's MMA. Amanda's starting to build a gym and is thinking about her post-fighting career. That's the one thing that kind of puts pause on me is I'm hoping she is still grinding just as hard as always in the gym and not focusing so much on what's coming next. I think the UFC did her a solid by putting her as a coach on The Ultimate Fighter to get her feet wet with coaching. I don't think Amanda will want to leave the sport unless she is on top, if she can help it. But Juliana Pena is an absolute dog. She has tremendous confidence in herself, and she dominated Amanda in their last fight. I think she caught Amanda by surprise with how good she was on the feet, and then Peña is also great on the ground, and she got the submission finish. So I don't think Amanda expected her to come out so aggressively, and I think Amanda will be prepared this time. I think Amanda Nunez was disappointed and pissed at herself for losing the belt, and that is a dangerous fighter to face angry. I think Amanda Nunez gets back on top of her throne with a knockout victory against Juliana Peña. Amanda has to keep this fight on the feet. I think Juliana is the better jiu-jitsu fighter, so Amanda will need to expend some energy stuffing takedowns. I think this could be another shorter fight with either fighter getting a finish within three rounds. I'm taking Amanda Nunez to win. I do think she does it by second round knockout, but take the fight to not go the distance if it's looking like it has decent odds. 
think the longer this fight lasts, the better chance Juliana Pena has to win as well. So I do think Amanda needs to win in the early rounds. Like I said, I think Amanda wants to win on and retire as an MMA fighter on top. I almost feel like that time could be coming up. I think if she wins and regains her title against Juliana Pena, we might see her hang up the gloves and start on that next journey with her family and as a coach with her new gym. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It's not going to be easy either way. Juliana Pena is a very legitimate fighter. This should be exciting. And like I said, for this main card, I think four of the five fights are actually going to end by finish. So it should be very exciting. It should be worth the pay-per-view money. Let's go ahead and take a look at our bets. First things first, as always, if you have a gambling problem, please call your state's hotline and always remember to bet responsibly. One thing we're going to change with the gambling segment is that I'll be mentioning five homestyle gravy bets each week. I realize that I'm giving you guys a bet for every fight. You may only be interested in my top five or so bets. So in this case, you could create maybe a long shot parlay, take a look at my top five bets and do whatever you would like with them as opposed to trying to play each fight like I do. So going forward, I'll let you know if a bet deserves some homestyle gravy spread on there so you know that it is one of my top five bets of the week. We start off with the early prelims. We have Orion Koss versus Blood Diamond. Like I mentioned to you guys, we're taking Blood Diamond at Moneyline plus 130. That is not the most safe bet. There's definitely a path to beating Blood Diamond. This is more a heart bet where I hope he can get the win so he can stay in the UFC and continue to grow his game. Next early prelim fight, Nikolai Nagumarianu versus Ihor Potieria. We're going with Nikolai, Moneyline plus 110. Jocelyn Edwards versus Jiyeon Kim. We're going with Edwards, money line minus 145. I can't go all dogs all the time, so I made sure that we grabbed a favorite here. Adam Fugit versus Michael Morales. Right now, the only option I have available to me is a money line bet for Michael Morales minus 650. I'm going to take Michael Morales by knockout if I can get it. So I'm just letting you guys know that. Look for Michael Morales by knockout. Whatever it is, it's better than minus 650, so we're going to take that if I can get it. Otherwise... I would typically just avoid this fight. Minus 650 is really no value. But for the sake of the podcast, if I can't get Michael Morales by knockout, we'll take a minus 650 money line. Prelim bets, we have Jakar Close versus Rafa Garcia. We're going with the underdog Rafa Garcia, money line plus 190. Dontale Mays versus Hamdi Abdelwahab. We are going with Dontale Mays, money line minus 165. Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. We're going Drew Dober, minus 225. Spread a little bit of homestyle gravy on there. Alex Morono versus Matthew Semmelsberger. Went with Morono, money line plus 138. I think that's a very live dog. On the main card, we have Magomed Ankalaev versus Anthony Smith. We're going with Anthony Smith, money line plus 360. Alejandre Pantoja versus Alex Perez. We're going with Pantoja, money line minus 165 with some of that homestyle gravy spread on top. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich. We're going with Pavlovich, money line minus 115. That's actually going to have some homestyle gravy spread on top there. I think that is a tremendous value bet because, like I said to you earlier, I think Sergey announces himself to the heavyweight division. He wants to strictly stand and strike. So does Derek Lewis. I think Sergey's going to have the speed advantage. and He might actually have the power advantage in this one. Brandon Moreno versus Kai Carr of France. We have Moreno money line minus 200. Spread some homestyle gravy on that one. And our last fight of the night, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. 
I don't think Amanda Nunes loses twice in a row at this point in her career. We went with Amanda Nunes, money line, minus 275. And because I don't think she loses twice, that is our fifth homestyle gravy pick of the night. Good luck with your bets. Take a look at my homestyle gravy favorites. Let me know what you think in any comments on social media. I said multiple times that I usually don't bet a lot of underdogs, but honestly just forget I said that at this point. I take so many dogs, I clearly can't help it. If I find value, I chase that value where I see it. There's highs and lows with gambling on MMA, and we will get through this storm together this weekend. I'm feeling very good about this weekend and picking the right underdogs to win. The Homestyle Perfect Plate Parlay. We are going with Drew Dober, Alexandre Pantoja, and Brandon Moreno, all money line for plus 247. We're looking to get the Homestyle Perfect Plate Parlay on track, and I have a good feeling about those three fighters. And with that, let's wrap up the podcast. To wrap up the podcast, I just want to thank you for hanging in there with me for this episode. I am unfortunately a little bit sick today, and I might be a little bit more monotone, a little bit more out of breath, so I apologize for that. I'm resting up. Hopefully, my audio and voice will kind of be back to normal for our episode next week. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call your state's local hotline. I'll be posting my verdict scorecard prior to the event on social media for the podcast please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. Check out the homestylemmapodcast.podbean.com for additional information about the podcast. I'll continue to grow content on social media as we get further into this podcasting journey. We've had some great interactions, specifically on Instagram, with some professional fighters, uh, Chris Curtis, Chris Wade from the PFL. We're getting some interaction with these folks. PFL's official page is interacted with us also. So feel free to chime in, comment on anything that you'd like. I'm getting some verified Instagram accounts to recognize and interact with our page. The official Verdict Instagram page actually put our last snapshot of our Verdict scorecard that I posted to social media on their Instagram story, which is very appreciated as we are big believers in Verdict here at the Homestyle MMA Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and review. Next week, we'll recap this fight card with what we think is coming next for these featherweight contenders. Till next time, this was Sean Van Buren on the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Have a good one.